Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Russ. Thanks for listening to today's Speaker Box podcast. I'm in a different location this time, so you may hear some some hissing into the microphone. You may hear birds chirping. So I'm actually taping this from uh, Little Bay in St. Martin. I'm loving the view. I'm loving the vibe. I'm peaceful. I'm tranquil. I got a whole new perspective on remote work. I can set up here. It's going to be hard to get back to the States and get back to the chaos and disorder. So let's jump into this pod. I think I originally said we were going to use part six of the summer series as kind of a recap, but I'm going to, I'm going to pivot away from that. I was having a conversation with some employee engagement colleagues a couple weeks ago, and I was explaining to them uh, voice culture and where they were starting at was they were starting with this assumption that the annual climate survey is the voice of the employee. First off, that's really not the direction the uh, employee engagement, employee experience space is going. Um, Most people are realizing that the annual climate survey is, I wouldn't say it's it's not necessary. It's necessary in its role. Um, It's very good to, to scale out it's very good to speak across large enterprises. But for capturing the voice of the employee, I mean, anybody that's telling you that their climate survey is the voice of the employee is kind of it's kind of like being in 2021 and sell and saying and telling customers you've got the hottest DVD player out there. You know, it's just it's just outdated from the game. What I was explaining to my colleagues was that my philosophy is the surveys are just the starting point to get to a conversation. And for me, I mean, if you got to envision like a funnel, I mean, you're taking at the top level of the climate survey. And then you've heard me say, mention poll surveys, like I love poll surveys. Oh man, I can do poll surveys different ways, net promoter, yes, no, Likert, quantitative, qualitative, open-ended, I like poll surveys. They're short. They're real time. Um, it's not, hey, we surveyed you eight months ago and here are the results. It's we we did a shorter survey last week and here are the results. But I got some friends in the poll survey game who will sit there and tell you this is the voice of the employee. And I'm like, not exactly. We're getting there. And sometimes poll surveys will require more drilled down poll surveys. That for me sets up the stage for the conversation whether it's a focus group, whether it's a town hall, whether it's talking to your socially networked champions, you know, the people who don't officially have leadership titles, but they know everything that's going on within the organization. And you can sit there and that's where you have the conversation about why things are impacting them the way they are. So I remember, um, maybe this was five or six years ago when I was really starting to get into this space and we were working on a project based on a a low engagement score. And I think organization I was working with had an investigation that had gotten some, some bad press and morale was low. So when you come in, our assumption was that the engagement scores were low because of this investigation, which impacted morale. 
But what we did was we just started having um, focus groups with, with employees. And what we found over the course of time was, truth be told, the investigation had very little to do with morale. There was a leadership change maybe three years prior, which resulted in a culture that wasn't based on safety, transparency, respect, and fairness. And that is where the morale issues came. And the fix really wasn't focused on the, I'm in St. Martin, those, those were birds in the background. The fix really wasn't focused on, okay, how do we deal with this, uh, this investigation, but more about, okay, how do we work with supervisors and leaders to get to those Maslow factors, you know, safety, feeling valued, that sense of belonging. So that's kind of how, how drilling down and getting to the point where you have the conversation can help you identify what the drivers are that make people feel good or engaged or are, or are identifying pain points. We've used a couple of levels of sur- pulse surveys to drill down to have the conversation where, you know, we talk about the drivers of engagement uh, and, and at a large level, it's really three. So you may see something on employee, anything you see on employee engagement, we'll probably hit these three things. Do employees feel valued? As in, do they feel empowered? Do they feel like what they do has impact? They have line of sight between what they do and the mission of the organization. Second thing is, are they working for strong and inspiring leaders that can communicate clearly and they can foster transparency and they can strategic, they can be strategic and they can, um, and they're agile and they know how to connect, build that connection and humanity. And last but not least, it's an open and safe culture where people feel safe, they feel like they belong and they feel like they can be themselves. And we did a series of pulse surveys and focus groups and what we found was once we drilled down and got to the three big drivers of engagement, those were work-life balance, rewards, and recognition. But employees always articulated rewards and recognition as a monolith. So we stopped and we said, okay, these are actually two different things. Rewards are a transactional benefit for something you've done, a bonus, for example. Recognition is more acknowledgement amongst your peers or colleagues or stakeholders. If you could only have one of the two, which would you take? And overwhelmingly, people took the recognition. So what we really found was for the myriad of drivers of engagement for this particular group, recognition was the primary driver, which put us in a position where we were developing solutions that touched on the pain point articulated by the employee. Um, And if you just focus on a high level climate survey, you you may not get there because I think at the end of the day, it's really about getting to the why things are happening, having that conversation with employees where you can. Where you can identify. What's really on their mind and and I get it. Sometimes it's difficult, especially if you're if you've got a scale, for example, if you got a scale, that's going to that's going to differentiate what you do. But the goal is still to find a certain way to to have that conversation. Uh, I got a friend now who 
during this past uh, 18 months of COVID sets up a morning, I think one day a week where, where she normally would have tea and she does a virtual spill the tea session where she's on Zoom, I assume it's Zoom, maybe it's Teams, and any employee can just log on and they'll just chit chat. So what it really gets to in the next level is are people going to take the time, are leaders going to take the time to make themselves available to hear this? And I mean, I hear from leaders, uh, I don't have time. Uh, I'm so busy. And truth be told, the data says everybody's busy. Nobody has bandwidth. Nobody has capacity. So if nobody has capacity, that's not really a factor. Then it gets to how do you prioritize? And I've just found, and the data backs up, when you take that time to communicate and connect and have the conversation and focus on humanity, those organizations always tend to do better from a productivity standpoint, and they also tend to do better from an employee engagement or an employee experience standpoint. So kind of recapping, I mean, I think the big takeaway from this is your survey is not the voice of the employee. It is a starting point to get to a conversation and get to the voice of an employee. So with that being said, that's the end of our six-part series. Um, we're going to get rolling with season five where I'm back to talking to people. I've got a few pods in the queue. The focus is really going to be on storytelling uh storytelling about success and resilience. So uh, we've got a few pods in the queue, got some nice people lined up. I want to thank my man as always, Reggie Quinterly for the Virginia Gentleman, our theme music. Uh, you can find this pod across the board, baby. Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Player FM, a few others. And I keep saying Player FM because I like Player FM for the pods I listen to. So um, give a like, give a review, check out the website, AmplifiedResearch.com. We're going to roll out some, uh, some blogs and some research in September, some things I got in the queue that I got to get out. And uh, with that being said, the, thank you for listening to this six-part series. Um, shoot me something via email, the website, www.AmplifiedResearch.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me everywhere. But I'm taping this on a Tuesday and I'm in the Caribbean and it is Taco Tuesday in the Caribbean. Um, so there's jet skis out there. I think I see iguana rolling past. So I'm going to get back and enjoy my new remote workplace for the next few days. Everybody have a great day.